Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. and welcome to another live edition of the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway uh, on a beautiful Wednesday evening. News just seems to happen on Wednesdays. I mean, that's just that's just how powerful Wednesdays are. So it's a it's a, it's an honor to be able to do this show uh, and, and bring it to you guys. Kelvin, Kofi, how are we doing? You guys look good. You look refreshed. You look ready to roll. I'm good, man. I'm real good. Calvin, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. (laughs) Doing wonderful. (laughs) Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Uh, Yeah, so as we said, man, uh, just being breaking news. News always seems to happen on a Wednesday, man. You know, if it's – and so uh, we got a a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. I want to thank everybody for jumping in, watching us on YouTube and Facebook. Hopefully you guys got in uh, here because we got a lot of things to talk about uh, and converse about. Uh, We'll do all that uh, in today's today's, tonight's show, rather. Uh, Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. And you can also download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google and Apple Play Store. Just search MyJBN or MyBCSN. We are a part of the Black College Sports Network. And uh, you can always find all of the shows that are part of the BCSN on the BCSN Pod Zone, your official home for all of the shows, the podcast format, audio only of our show. So on today's show, yes, we will talk about the breaking latest news has happened over the past 48 hours, which is the announcement of our new vice president and director of intercollegiate athletics, Miss Tiffany Dawn Sykes. Uh, And I I, want to start just by quickly letting people know, A, it's Tiffany spelled with an I, 
And the hyphen is with the first name, not the last name. So it's Tiffany Dawn Sykes. I hear a lot of people go Tiffany Dawn Sykes, but no, it's actually Tiffany Dawn Sykes. So if we're going to say it, let's all, you know, let's all kind of do it right. And let's all make sure we spell it right. Uh, you got too much time on your hands, man. Great day. You brought it guess. down to the fullest. Sykes. <laughs> Sykes. A.D. You know, Sykes. So look, hey, A.D. Sykes, exactly. So it's not A.D. Dawn Sykes. It's just A.D. Sykes, okay? Uh, yeah, I got a lot of time on my day, uh, on my, a lot of time on my hands today, Kelvin, definitely. Uh, been a lot of, been a lot of conversating and talking. Uh, filling out spreadsheets and things like that. Anyway, uh, we'll also get into talking about the uh, the post-game South Carolina State, the big road win for the Rattlers. Winners now of four straight. Uh, our volleyball team got a big sweep and Hunt- went back to Huntsville, got another sweep, and they are rolling six in a row, six and zero oh in conference play, sitting in first place. Of course, this is, well, I was going to say this is Grambling Week, but really, it's rambling week uh, because, you know, no G's. So we're going to honor Coach Jackson and no G's when we mention rambling, you know. Uh, but we got a good friend of the program, Curtis Ford, coming on, also joining us. We might even have a special guest coming on as well to join him in that segment. We're going to take it to the court as even even in this October season, it's basketball season as well, folks. Yes, basketball practices have begun. Uh, hopefully, by now you've had a chance to go watch the uh, the presser, the pre the preseason interview with Coach Shalom Pillow. She will be joining us in the top of the second hour. We'll, we'll get a first first take from her on uh, the season. The first uh, what two weeks now of practices I think are underway, or they're in their second week. So we'll get a chance to get her evaluation as she has is looking to totally rebuild and reshape this team. But let's talk about South Carolina State. I know Kofi was in the building. I was, funny thing, I was probably an hour away from everybody in Orangeburg as I was over in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, but the Rattlers went on the road. For all intents and purposes, look, I had, a, had a commanding three-quarter, 20-point lead. And then all of a sudden, very similar to what we did the last time we were in South Carolina State, we made it close, probably unnecessarily close in the fourth quarter. And what do you know? You got a game that comes down to the last possession. Thankfully, uh, they never took the lead. South Carolina State never took the lead as they did score a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it or cut their deficit to 20 to 14. Defense stepped up when it had to in the end secured the victory, takes home the bag, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that people can nitpick about, uh, but that's where we're going to go around the horn. Let's start with you, Kofi, since you were in attendance to give us the uh, the vibe and the atmosphere. What's your take on the game? What were you uh, most, uh, what, what are your takeaways from the game on Saturday? Um, For the most part, it was a dominating performance by FAMU. I think that Coach Simmons, uh, and his staff uh, understand Buddy Pugh and what they try to do schematically, and so both offensively and defensively. And so we were ready to play. You know, when you play a Buddy Pugh team, you have to be ready to play for four quarters. 
It's, it's never a one-quarter game. You have to be ready to play the entire game. Um, but we dominated. If it, and I just think that um, with 10.46 left in the game, we should have been running the ball on first and 10. Um, and also on second and 10. Keep the clock moving. Um, and for whatever reason, he decided to put the ball in the air. And uh, uh, the guy made a couple of great plays on the pass. But, you know, I was like, dude, like run the ball. And then he came back again and did the same exact play to the same exact dude that intercepted. I'm just like, okay, we cannot be stuck on stupid. You know, we have to, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? We got to make better play calls, better better game. in-game management um, to fit the situation. If they do that, we leave Orangeburg, I believe, with a 20-0 to with a shutout. Um, You play field position, make the clock run, put them in difficult positions, and make them have to play. Uh, And so, you know, it was uh, the the two touchdowns that they got were kind of interesting. But let me just say, I believe Shaq Davis is the best wide receiver in uh, in FCS, hands down, and maybe FBS. I I know he's gonna be playing on Sundays. That dude there is a beast. Is this his last year of eligibility? Is this? uh, I hope so. Because it's not. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Hopefully, it will be. Uh, Need to send an agent up there and tell him to go on and. (laughs) <laughs> Go pro now. Uh Kelvin, takeaways from from uh from Saturday's game. Uh defense was dominant, man. They had what three interceptions. Uh, you know, uh we held opponent for the second week in a row under 300 yards of total offense, uh 256 to be exact. And um, so I, I was our defense is coming, and and you know Isaiah Land missed about the last two and a half quarters of that game because he got a little dinged up, and uh, he came back in briefly, but uh, he was pretty much out most of the game. And um, the end on opposite side on the opposite side of him, I think what his name, Kamar Stevens, something like that. He is really coming. He's developing. I, I like what I see out of him, and um, so. You know, we got a one-two punch on our outside, and you still got Jimta who can make plays when he's not double-teamed on the inside. So, uh, and, of course, Isaiah Major just making plays left and right. And Javon Morgan is the ball hog. Ever since he's been playing, man, he he just finds a way to get interceptions. So, uh, I was real proud of the effort of our defense, no doubt. Um, refereeing, oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I... <laughs> I forgot how bad the Miet refs can be, man. I, I mean, some of those uh calls that were obvious, like uh the 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 two ones that had to be replayed that that from live watching it live, you could tell they weren't interceptions or fumbles, and um you know they they had to go to replay for something basic as that. And then when uh, we you know we threw the screen pass. And uh, and, and and he 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 fumbled the ball a little bit, but he caught it. It was obvious, and they blew the play dead, right? And then they didn't know what to do. Um, and then 
at the end of the game. Um, South Carolina State, if you watch both of their drives at the end, in regardless of our uh, turnovers, I mean, most of it was penalty yards. Um, they were calling all kind of stuff, man, and, and I, they, against us, and they weren't calling nothing against them, man. It, it was just really jacked up. The, the, officiating, the officiating was horrible that game. And you so, sound surprised. surprised. <laughs> you sound so surprised. <laughs> We've been in the media no. for the last – oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. Like, when have you gone to Orangeburg and them not keep? Yeah, but yeah, that, come on, me, man. That, you, I mean, it, it you was got so, to, I it. I know so bad all game to, long. It was so bad all game long, even on the broadcast. It was very bad. The, now, that, the, that being said, the, 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 this was probably you know, the, the worst. Talking about it, right? So this was the absolute yeah, worst was, I've seen them though. It was bad. It this was, so how this many? Let me ask worst. this: We committed we committed fifteen penalties for one hundred and fifty-one yards, compared to six for sixty-five. Of those fifteen, how much? How much was bad officiating? How much was us? We were in total control of the game. Now, the bad officiating got turned around. Thank God there was instant replay. If there was no instant replay, they would have given some state the game straight up. But because of instant replay, I was like, they cannot possibly mess this up. Like, he's clearly throwing the ball. It's clearly an incomplete right. pass. It's clearly all that. But a couple of years, a few years back, um, they were running. We were running a screen. It was an incomplete pass. South Carolina State picked the ball up and ran it into the end zone for a touchdown. It was like that was an incomplete pass. It was like not a fumble. Without incomplete, without instant replay, their referees will go like ham, like ham crazy. Um, but let me just say that for the most part, again, FAMU was in full control of the game. You know, I'm sitting up there. We having a good time. We talking all kinds of ish. Uh, Scotty and all script. We were all up there. Scotty's watching several games. Everybody's sitting up there. We having a good time because the game was totally under control. But all of a damn sudden, looked up there. Here come Musa throwing the ball on first and ten. To the outside, and I was just like, you know, everybody's just like, run the freaking ball. You know, Demas' mom is up there like, run the freaking ball. Everybody's saying the same thing. Um, And you can see it. I just pray that we learn from it, you know, and and keep it moving. Now, let me say this again. I want to say, and I don't know how many coaches are watching, but I'm going to say this. I'm disappointed with the lack of, multiple schemes running the ball. It's the same one back set every single down. I get it. But every once in a while, let me get a two back set. Let me get a three back set. Let me let me see something else that tells me that you're growing in this area other than the one back set to the same person or whoever's back there. You know, the defense does not have to guess. It's like, they don't have to make any adjustments. They just know, okay, we're going to get him and, you know, get your hands up on Musa and see if you can knock the ball down. So all of these th- all of these different things really do matter, and you just got to do better in that area, especially when it comes to clock management. So, so, so let me ask this. Uh, oh, go ahead, Kelvin. Go ahead, finish. 
Yeah, I, I was going to get into the run game issues. That was my next bullet point along with play calling. And I really okay. went back and watched the, the game several times to kind of see, figure out other than, you know, the, the, the lack of creativity, what was hindering the run game. And and for for what I could see outside of lack of creativity, um, our line stands up a lot, right? They don't fire you off the ball, and they don't can maintain a low center of gravity. And so, therefore, when the run plays happen, you know, I saw a couple of guys get beat off the line right off the snap, right? And for me, it was bad technique. And then even when they were in the right positions. They weren't fundamentally sound in what they do, so I, I think um, they need to get in, get on that sled, and and um, and, and work on driving the ball and, and engaging the guy. They just they just not physical, and just to keep it simple. That offensive line and run game, they're not physical. The other part is, I, I think you know, it's, it's enough to go around. Uh, we we missing lightning, right? The Thunder guys, there's sometimes when the holes are there, you know, Bishop used to break those runs for touchdowns. Um. Right. The big guys, you know, they'll get you four or five yards, but they're not going to break away when the opportunity is there. So I think you need to give um, um, some of the other backs, like Francis and the Will Hort, if he's healthy, uh, I think they're going to have to get their turns at, at back to run the ball because we need that lightning. We need some speed. And then, um, of course, uh, so we talked about Austin line. We talked about the running back. Let's talk about Musa. He got to keep that ball a few times. He can't just hand it off on first down every time, and they run blitz right into it because they they not they not even paying any attention to him. So he's got to he got to pull that ball out and run it, you know. But but I would say this: this is what I'm observing. Musa seems to be a little shy of contact. If you get anybody, if you get any pressure on him anywhere around, he'll throw the ball anywhere. He missed wide. He missed. He's still missing too many wide open guys, or missing the easy reads. So uh, I know teams going to pick up on that, and and so you know we got to do better. His success that game, if you if you think about it, was in the middle of the field when we started yeah. trying to throw at the hash and throw outside. We didn't do much, and that's where our interceptions happened. So, I mean, if I'm picking this up, and I'm saying it now, I know other coaches watching, and they picking it up. So, coaches, we we got to we got to do 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 a little homework. So, those are my observations from the game, though. Biggest biggest concern going forward is I'm hearing you, and I've heard other people, and and you tell me which one of these you think is the biggest concern. Is it uh, play calling, lack of originality of the play calling? Uh, the ineffective run game and that last all game, just to be of fair, the, the freaking the above was the passing was 38 to 30 in terms of number of plays. Uh, and, and let me see, that's three. Um, those seem to be the, those seem to be the three main ones that I'm hearing. So of those three, and I know Kofi, you said all of the above, but obviously uh, if you can narrow it down, I mean, uh, what, what's, what's one that is the most concerning because we're heading into the second half of the season now. And Pre- if we're looking predictable and we're not effectively running the ball, you best believe Grambling, Southern, uh, Bethune are all sitting back watching this. I mean, we couldn't even take a snap 
If you think about uh, trying to run the clock out the last couple of games, we can't even take a snap on the center. I mean, we take it. We taking uh, when we trying to kneel down and run the clock out. We 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 hiking about five yards back uh, out of the shotgun. So, so wow. I'm just saying, man. You know, we got to be more physical. But what I think is the most important part, uh, or what's the biggest issue, creativity. Eight thirty. Let me let me say this as well. Because you can use formations and things like that to to create matchups. Uh, you know, in motion. Uh, but we, we just got to be more creative. The predictability is just, it just gets on my last nerves. Um, yeah. Which, and, and if you're going to be predictable, that puts a premium on your ability to execute. That's short, that, that makes the windows and the room for error much smaller because um, people know what you're going to do. So if you're going to do it, you have to have basically Green Bay Packer type, old school Green Bay execution, you know, to the point where you, you might know that it's coming, but you can't stop. And we're not at that level yet. All right. Uh, so we're 4-2 we're overall, uh, defeated the uh, South Carolina State, the defending black college national champs. I, I think we, we can kind of put that story to bed. Um, you know, obviously – be, be interesting. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Seven and five team. Uh, yeah, that's seven and five seven team. And five Everybody team. claimed. Yeah. Then we yeah. blew out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those okay. guys. Those guys. Yeah. I, I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm throwing shade. Yeah. Oh, oh, exactly. And we should. Uh, that's the third consecutive win over South Carolina State. So we continue to control them. We'll get into talking more about the. Uh, offensive uh, players, defensive players of the game and the, uh, the the swag honors. But let's jump over while we can in this segment. Let's get to the main course, uh, what a lot of people are excited to talk about. And again, I'm going to preface this because, as I said, we got a lot to get into the show. We can spend an hour talking about one thing. That's I'd love to talk three hours on this one thing, but that's just not how this show is is scripted, all right? So, I, I just, we're going to be honest with y'all. If you thought we were going to be here and just spend two hours, it don't roll like that. Now, next week, next week, we we can probably do that. But this is what I'll say. The announcement of Tiffany Dawn Sykes, to me, feels very rushed. And I, I have a feeling that as the news started to leak out on Monday, okay, that as other reports started coming out Tuesday, that all of a sudden somebody in FAMU and Lee Hall said, you know what, we, we might need to go ahead and let's just announce it now. And when we go ahead and announce it, we'll announce it, we'll put out the press, we'll do a Zoom thing on Wednesday morning, okay? This was the kind of an announcement that needed to be in person. We needed to have VP Sykes. That's Tiffany Dawn Sykes, okay? The new VP and director of intercollegiate athletics. We needed to have VP Sykes in Tallahassee. She needed to be standing there on the dais in Lee Hall with a packed room of student athletes, administrators, and whomever else, not on a Zoom call because we felt rushed because somebody felt like we might be getting scooped by some blog site or, or a website or whomever you were worried about. Okay, so that, that's the first thing. And so now... 
what you have is we have uh, our athletic director who, who who said she would not actually be taking the job until January, which then again brings me to why are we rushing to bring her out? We're already behind the planned date that Dr. Robinson said. When did he say he was going to have the AD announced? OBC. Yeah, Orange Blossom Club. Well, we're six, seven weeks past that date. So there's no sense in rushing her out there to everybody. Because now what you have is you already have had an extended lengthy process of the search committee, which is already drawing all kinds of fire and scrutiny. Then you're going to have a segment of the population that's going to be excited that we have a, a female lead administrator uh, in this year of celebration of Title IX. But you're also going to have a segment that's going to say, well, is she the, the right female administrator? Because there were two in the process. You're going to have that segment. You're also going to have a segment that say, is she qualified enough? Okay, you're going to have that segment. And then you're going to have people that are just going to, that are just going to question the whole process. This was rushed. She deserved better. Okay, so I'm, I'm you know, look, look. We're not going to, I don't know how you want to break into measuring qualifications because I think that's all subjective. Because at the end of the day, Dr. Larry Robinson has to make the call. Did he make the right call? Did he make his first choice? Did he select the person that he wanted? And we can only assume yes. Or if he didn't get his first choice, he got the next best candidate that he thinks can lead this program. Because I tell you, with his renewal contract coming up on December 8th by the Board of Trustees, I think everything that's been decided and everything he's handled over the past five months should be evaluated and looked at deeply and sincerely. Kelvin, your thoughts on the hire of (laughs) Tiffany Dawn Sykes as the VP and Director of Athletics? I want to welcome her to Rally Nation. Um, she's qualified. She has, uh, she checks a lot of check boxes for me. She's, uh, had every position you can almost have. Uh, she's been at HBCUs and on HBCUs. Um, so she's, she's worked her way through the system. Um, she knows what she's getting into. She's been at a institution that has very aggressive alumni in Grambling. Um, so, uh, um, and, and, and I know some folks who, who, who know her and I've, I've got positive reports. So I'm, I'm, I am okay with this hire. Um, was it the most qualified, most qualified? No. Um, is it a right hire? We'll see. Um, but I can't say it's a bad hire. I mean, at the end of the day, given, um, I think our, our, our budget limits, some of the issues we've had very publicly, uh, even what happened with the previous AD and how that went down and this president and this board. Um, I, I don't know too many folks with better qualifications who, who are being down the door to get it. And, um, and, and like I say, she, she's experienced, so I'm okay and I'm here I'm here to support and, and try to try to you know make her successful, and which in turn means that family athletics is su- successful. And I would encourage the rest of Raleigh Nation to do the same. 
Um, and I'll point out, I'm going there. She more experienced than the previous AD that we had coming in. Um, so agree one hundred uh, with you on that. So I mean, her qualifications is not a question for me. Um, she's qualified, uh, and and if the question is more is less about her and more about our administration, our board of trustees. Are they going to get out of well, the way and get, and let her and let her run the programs and support her and her team? Let her build her team. Go for your thoughts. 8.5 ain't going to do it. (laughs) We've got to get to 12.5. It sure won't. It sure won't. Kofi? Don't hold back. All right. So (laughs) I have to take a deep breath. Everybody knows, you know, for me, um, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the decision because I didn't, I, as, as qualified as, uh, Tiffany, is Miss A.D. Sykes is, I did feel like Angelos was the best person for the family job. That's just me. Okay. That being said, I have no, I have no say in who gets what. Um, this is Dr. Robinson. This is on Dr. Robinson. I do think that uh, uh, A.D. Sykes is going to do a phenomenal job. Um, my issue is this whole, <laughs> this whole process. I want to start with the whole process. It's jacked up. It's it's jacked. It was jacked up from the beginning when he said the darn 18. It was going to be jacked up. I know it was going to be jacked up. And and they couldn't have jacked it up anymore. They was trying not to jack it up, but they jacked it up. Okay. Just the whole transparency issue. You know, um, how candidates got to be in the position that they were. A lot of this stuff happened behind the scenes. Some people were left off, then some people came back on, then some people appeared out of nowhere, then some people didn't have just jacked up. Just jacked up. Note that it which speaks to policies, protocols, and procedures, which is something that should be a calling card of Dr. Robinson by now, but it's evident when it comes to athletics, it's it's not the case. And it's dis- it's very disappointing and it's very disheartening. Okay. Um, now she's got compliance and knowing Dr. Robinson, Dr. Robinson, with all that he went through with compliance, probably felt like, you know, that she was going to be the best, uh, candidate for that. Right. She was not going to be threatening. She was not going to be necessarily demanding somebody he believes he quote unquote can work with and, uh, get stuff done because he believes that that should be a priority. Well, my thing, and I've always said is, um, uh, compliance is a university and academic issue and the university and Dr. Robinson have to be in, um, involved in making sure that the athletic compliance staff is properly certified and equipped to do the job that we need them to do. We, we need their support. We need their input. We need this to happen. My issue with all of this is every time Dr. Robinson makes a hire, he makes a hire based on need and not vision. He makes a hire based on need and not vision. He has no foresight, which is why 
there was no mention of athletics or the band in the strategic plan. You know, mm. and I mm. have to say this with the board of trustees, stop patting him on the wrist about stuff and demand a freaking plan. It is unfair to the student athletes. It is unfair to Rattler Nation. It is unfair to to whoever to the university that you serve to not have a plan. Now I know Dr. Rogers is probably like, well, I want to leave that up to the AD. No, Ninja, you supposed to have a darn plan or at least an idea of what you want to see from that department, you know, to allow it to be this dysfunctional for this long is totally unacceptable. It's totally unacceptable. Dr. Robinson, this is your university, obviously, you there, uh, you know, and I, I the, the board of trustees at this point, they still gave him a darn 4.5, agreed on the 4.5. I don't see them going out of their way to remove him. I just don't. As long as okay. Lawson is, is on the chair. Okay, Go. just real quick. Once a statement and a question. The question is, uh, you really think Dr. Robinson made this decision? No, I think he made this. I think he Not made long. this decision just, just like he made a, the previous AD decision. Whoever was in his ear influenced. Uh, helped it's make horrible, that he it, and it's horrible. He's not, because... not going to make a decision. And then the other thing, you, you, you absolutely, I agree with what you're saying, but here's the bottom line: have no expectations of the person who created the problem to solve the problem. You know. And, you know, it's, it's very disappointing. It's very perplexing. Um, I have no confidence that Dr. Robinson is going to do necessarily a go out of his way. He's going to have to show me that he really, really, really wants to do right by athletics. Here's why. Okay. You can say what you want to say um, about Jackson State. You can say what you want to say about their AD. You can say what you want to say about Dion or whether he's swag or not. All I know is since he's been there, the ticket sales have increased, their revenue has increased, the marketing has increased, they got new facilities for that football squad, um, for the for the practice field, they got new facilities and a weight room, they're about to get a new stadium. At what point, Larry, Dr. Robinson, and whoever else is in your ear, are you going to address the facilities and get us to the point where we can, where we will be able to attract top notch, top quality athletes? I know we put a couple of lockers in there. I know we fixed the floor. I know we got a nice little painting on the wall. I know we put some new carpet on there. I know we put a roof, but that field house is raggedy. At the end of the day, it's raggedy. It's not conducive to a modern football program that says that they want to compete at the highest level. It's not. At the end of the day, what are you going to do? Because here's the thing, and if uh, Ms. Sykes, if you're listening, I want you to hear me and hear me well. Down here on the highest of seven hills, down here in Tallahassee, Florida, we talk a whole lot of ish about a whole bunch of stuff. And at the end of the day, we would want to see championships. We want to see winners. In order to do that, you're going to need us. You're going to need the Board of Trustees. 
you're going to need the administration to do more. I don't care who's behind the wheel. Even if Angelos had gotten it, even if Angelos had gotten the position, the board of trustees and Dr. Robinson were going to have to open up the pocketbook and increase this budget to a level that says that we're not a division two program. Because right now we have a division two budget. And I know for, for some of y'all, y'all are like, well, we don't want to go. Well, look, we got a division two budget. It's a reason. Do you realize that our budget has decreased by 16% since 2016? It's decreased. And we wonder why FAMU does not have an outright football championship since 2001. Let me say this again. We haven't won an outright conference championship since 2001. We've never won a regular season basketball championship in the, on the men's level. Now, the girls have gotten it done, but the men have not. You know why? We don't invest. We don't invest. And for the facility and the program and the legacies that we have, it's ridiculous. Again, the track and field, we got legacy there, but the facilities are raggedy, except for the track. The track surface is nice. The stadium is raggedy. I can't say that I would be willing to host a world. It's not. It won't be world class on our track. We don't have any place for concessions. We have a couple of restaurants. It's not conducive. Baseball, same thing. If we want to take it to the level that we desire, we've got to freaking invest. But it begins with the board of trustees and Dr. Robinson and that crew saying, "Let's let's try to make this happen." We see that this is not going to work. We know that the athletic department needs trainers. We know that athletic department needs nutritionists, their mental health and, and additional compliance people. We know this. If, if they don't open up that pocketbook, you're going to see uh, more mediocrity coming from the highest of seven hills. And that's the bottom line. We've got to, we've got to hold whoever's there. If Doc Robinson is there, he needs to continue to feel the heat. He needs to continue to feel the fire. He needs to continue to hear your voices and let him know that you're not satisfied with this. You're not satisfied with this level of dedication. You're not satisfied with what he's doing with it. If you're not satisfied, we have no other choice right now but to support AD Sykes. So my support is for her. But at the same time, Dr. Robinson, we're not done. We're not done. You and your staff have got to step it up. The end. Hey, I uh, want everybody to go to our, our Twitter feed uh there's a poll that i put out a little earlier in the afternoon asking what should be the first priority of our new ad and uh we'll, something that we'll get into talking about a little bit later in the show and uh share some of the results but uh, the options were clean up the compliance department hire a solid admin team fundraising or facility improvement so we want to hear your thoughts go over to uh, Twitter.com at O and G O A N D G strike zone. And uh, just scroll down. You don't have to scroll too far, but uh, go uh, vote on that. Um, and, and I'll share, we'll get into talking about that a little bit later, but coming up next, uh, we've got to get into our Grambling week. So I, I did it. I, I mentioned the G, but anyway, 
uh, rambling week, but we're going to talk to our good friend Curtis Ford and talk about what's going on down there in uh, Rambling, Louisiana, as uh, we get ready to uh, get ready for this historic matchup between FAMU and uh, Grambling. So uh, stay tuned. You're watching the OG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. I'm returning to Clinton Parish, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Parish, we take the pain out of being hurt. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. And uh, before we get into uh, talking with our our guests, our first set of guests, I know Kofi wanted to uh, have, a, have a last word for, for this segment. So, Kofi. Your your words, please. Well, well I want to say, you know, just just really, I know I want to commend Dr. Robinson for making uh, an attempt to go, and they did another photo op to show that he met with the student athletes, um, et cetera, et cetera. But here's my thing, you know, so I want to see you meet with your photo. coaches, Dr. Robinson. I want to see you meet with your coaches. I want to see you do a photo op with them. And, and take their input in regards to what they need. Because in in the meetings that they had within the 18-man committee, uh, both Coach Shoup and Coach Nicky Goldthwaite, um, they were basically saying, you know, look, you know, all of the candidates asked the coaches, what do you need? They said, we need resources. If you went to the volleyball coach, he would say, we need resources. If you went to uh, XYZ, they would say, we need resources. 
resources, money and resources, right? So, you know, compliance, while compliance is an issue for Dr. Robinson, the issue with your coaches and your athletes are resources. Get somebody, you know, and that's going to assist. And it's, it's the Sykes show now or whatever. Yeah. Tip goes AD Sykes uh, show now. So she's going to be in charge of that. But get somebody that understands resources. Get us some resources so that we can get some championships and we can give our student athletes the best possible experience. All right. Uh, it is uh, Grambling week. FAMU traveling to Grambling. So let's bring in our our guests uh, to uh, to kind of help us break down a little bit of that. And what do you know? Joining us right here is uh, Curtis Ford. Curtis, of course, uh, is a is a rattler born and born and bred, but uh, he's now working over there for for uh, Grambling. So we don't hold that against him. He's doing a great job as the associate director of athletic communications and digital strategy uh and then as you see back on for a second week it's our good friend joshua padilla who uh has a similar role for famu so curtis joshua thanks for coming on the og tonight hey absolutely uh, having us. Uh, you know i got the, i got the invite so i had to make it on you know always got to put on fam as well as y'all see it behind me uh so yeah always a pleasure to come on with you guys Okay, I see you had that little small hat. Okay, I had to look there for a second. I didn't know what that was on your shoulder. You know, I see, I see, I see Curtis still has his G on. So, I mean, he, he's in good standing at the university. So, that's a good thing. Uh, hey, I know last time, last year, I remember, Curtis, we got you, and you were, like, in between running events last year. You were coming from one event to another. Uh, how's it been over the past year? Uh, have, have things sort of settled down for you in the in in the role? Um, yeah, things have settled down pretty good. I, you know, I know we had some, you know, some some trials and tribulations at times, but uh, things have settled down real good. You know, I fit in really well here. Um, you know, everybody around here kind of treats me, well, not kind of, but you know, they treat me like family. Um. You know, the G is real close. The G is real tight. Um, so, uh, you know, the past year, you know, hey, I, you know, I have no complaints. Nice, nice. Uh, and, and you even became a little viral star uh, from uh, from a couple of weeks ago, I think. Uh, a little <laughs> sideline action, a little sideline duty. I don't, Josh, I, I, I normally see Josh up in the box. Uh, Josh, you haven't taken a hit like the one Curtis took. I forgot what game that was. You haven't taken a hit like that in your role, have you? No, I, I think I'm a little more agile than Curtis. That's all. Ah! <laughs> no. <laughs> See, Josh, Josh ain't down in them trenches like that. That's that's all it is. Not no trenches more. Like that. <laughs> hey, hey, Curtis, no, that was, that was, what happened? Yeah. Curtis, what happened, man? I mean, you was on the sideline and you didn't keep your head on the swivel. You couldn't move out of the way. What no. happened? Actually, you know, what, what was happening was, uh, you know, me and the referee had words a little earlier about where to be on the sideline. And uh, I actually backed up pretty far. And I had my lens on. It was a 70-200. Uh, to 200, And I was zoomed in on Shadura throwing the ball and uh, didn't realize he was going to throw the ball so far out of bounds. So, uh, you know, I'm just right there. And by the time I looked up, you know, I got a player in my face. And uh, I'll tell you like a G, though. You know, I, I took the hit. 
You know, you I did. got back up now. So you did. You bounced. Uh, yeah, you bounced up. You jumped up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I could. No, I realized I was on the ground. I was like, okay, it's, it's too many people in the stadium, and we got the ESPN cameras. I can't stay down on that ground. Uh, so bounced up, and I'm, you know, no pain. I'm pretty good. <laughs> Hey, I'm pretty uh, solid. so I mean, obvi- obviously, this is a, a big rivalry weekend, um, FAMU, Grambling. Uh, I'm curious from a, and it's good having both communication uh, directors and, and, or, you know, guys who are in the, in the mix of it. How do, how do we, how do you, what's the challenge of, of this particular week? and sort of promoting and getting the word out, given the history. I mean, there's a lot of history between these two programs. I mean, these are two of the Blue Bloods or two of the Mount Rushmore programs. So I'll start with you, Curtis, and then go over to you, Josh. Um, for us, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to sell this type of game. Um, it's our home opener. We haven't played at home yet this year. Um, it's October 15th, and we're we're just now getting the game at Robinson Stadium. Um, so I think our fans are ready uh, for this type of game. Um, you know, they're hungry for a victory, obviously, because we've, we've come so close um, and just couldn't get it done. Um, so, uh, you know, for us, it's, it's really easy to kind of promote this game because everybody's excited around here. We have a big pep rally on Friday. We've got a soccer contest on Friday as well. We've got a huge weekend of events going on here at Grambling um, and have somebody like fam, you come in. I mean, that just makes the job even more, uh, even easier, um, you know, to, to sell the game and promote it. Mm-hmm. Josh. Yeah. I think for us, I mean, you know, we're on a four game win streak. Uh, we have goals and aspirations and Rattler nation all wants to see us back in postseason play, whether hopefully we're able to get some help and, compete for a SWAC championship, and if not, hopefully continue to win and and return to the FCS playoffs. So I think for us, everyone's just kind of excited and wants to see us continue the win streak. Um, you know, four in a row, I think we have like the 11th, tied for the 11th longest, but I know the guys and coach and the fan base, they want to see us in number one. Um, so so I, I think that's it, just knowing that we're, we're rolling. Um, and and if we didn't have so many issues last week in the fourth quarter, we probably, you know, people would be even more excited. Um, but I think that's it for us. Kofi, jump in there. What do you got? So, man, so what's your favorite spot to eat out there in Gramlin, Louisiana? Okay, so if y'all are coming to the game this week, all right, my spot is a chicken spot called uh, Southern Classic. Uh, when I, the, the, the first day I moved here, uh, the first day we pulled in the Grand Louisiana, we was asking where to eat and everybody was like, you got to go to Southern Classic. Um, they've got some of the best fried chicken, uh, in size that you'll eat in North Louisiana. Um, yeah, that's, that's my number one. Is that's it better than shingles? Oh man. Come on, Kofi. <laughs> come on. That's, <laughs> I can't go against home team. I can't go against oh. the whole team. I can't say that. Okay. I got I got to stick I with you. I had to know. I had to get I my to expectations right. But if you're in Grambling and y'all come for the game, Southern Classic is a must-go-to spot. All right? That's the place you got to put on your map. They got some really good chicken. Really good chicken. Um, and it ain't I, – I keep it honest. It's not a lot to eat in Grambling, 
and Ruston, Louisiana. It's we're right in between Shreveport and Monroe. Uh, but we we've got some decent places up here. Abba. Calvin, jump in there. Uh, I want you and Josh to talk about. Uh, first of all, my question is: I can't remember exactly. Did you all's time um, kind of cross each other when you was at FAMU? And then I want to talk. I want y'all to talk about how in y'all roles y'all collaborate. Um, both like a week where we plan each other, but also um, from time to time, best practices, what what was working out there, where you at was working here and so forth. Kind of just talk about the relationship. Josh, start, I, I start yeah. off with Josh. Yeah, no. Um, so when I, when I arrived to, uh, to FAMU, uh, Curtis was huge for me because, uh, you know, he knows all the, he knows so much history and, and um, you know, helped, helped introduce me to the coaches, you know, student athletes and such. Um, and to this day, he still helps me out a lot with a lot of this traditional SID stuff that, that he has more experience with or um, even sometimes I have to call him to ask for a password to a, to an old stack computer or something. So, so Curtis has been huge. And um, I think, I think our, our short time together was great for both of us. Um, Cause I feel like he's learned some, some stuff from me as far as like social digital. And I learned uh, a lot of stuff from him from traditional SID, you know, learning how to do stat stuff and, um, even my first uh, first write up I ever did, he he proofed it and helped you know tell me a couple things that to change and such. So Curtis has been great um, for that first first month month and a half we were together. But then also to this day, still, I mean, we we were talking last night after the news broke. I mean, we talk all the time. Yeah, uh, and you know. Ditto, like Josh on the social media side, I always pick his brain to figure out, you know, best practices, uh, you know, um, certain things that I see going on here. And I'd be like, Josh, would you let that fly? And Josh would be like, no, nah, I wouldn't let that fly. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, Josh has been instrumental, uh, you know, in, in keeping communications open. And I think working in the same conference, being in the, in, in the SWAC, uh, we always have to keep an open line of communication because we're playing each other in so many sports. Uh, we just played – family of volleyball, you know, if we need to toss photos back and forth from each other, one of us can't be there. I mean, it's, it's a really good working relationship. And, and it's, it went from, you know, two guys that work in communications to guys who were, you know, really becoming brothers now, um, and, and truly friends. And, um, you know, Josh has been instrumental. And honestly, I'll tell you straight up, you know, FAMU is, has been killing it on the digital side. Um, I mean, they're leading the way. Everybody talks about this school in Mississippi uh, that we ain't even going to talk about. But, <laughs> you know, FAMU's been killing it uh, under Josh. And we've made some great strides here at Grambling State University, uh, making sure we keep our fans engaged, making sure they've got graphics, making sure they've got video, making sure we're doing everything we can to promote our program. And a lot of the things that I do are things that I saw Josh implementing at FAMU before I left. So, um, man, I, you know, hats off to my guy, Josh, man. He, he's a rock star. So, um, you know, I really appreciate that guy right there. Hey, man, y'all going to do a bro hug? Y'all going to do a bro hug? And y'all say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah digital, digital bro hug, right? 
You ain't swag. Bro. Bring it in, bro. Bring it in, bro. You ain't swag. Hey, look. Okay, hold on. That that brings up a great topic here. Well, I got two communication guys. How do you how do you guys take that event? And let's let's and you can go from either side, but let's go to the you know if your coach drops a great nugget like that, how do you handle that? How do you pitch that? I mean, uh, I mean now, Josh, we know Coach Simmons is a little more subdued than I I would say Curtis than probably Coach Jackson, but I'm just guessing. So yeah, see, Kofi's shaking his head now, but. How, how do you? How would you handle a situation like that? And, and I don't mean this to be any critique of what JSU's done, but just to kind of get inside of the, you know, the background from the communications department, and obviously because you guys are working with your bosses, and so kind of maybe take us in the background of of how that may look. Uh, we'll go. We'll start with you, Josh, and then go to you, Curtis. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, for me, like, as long as we're winning, you know, fans are going to be behind it, everything like that. So, for me, and I'll talk to Coach Simmons and whatnot, and say, hey, do you, do you want to roll with this? Like, do you want to put this out? Do you want to push it? Like, you know, they, they were, you know, Coach Prime is definitely, uh, I don't think Coach Simmons and whatnot would have got a shirt made or anything like that. But I think Coach Simmons would be cool with, you know, me promoting it um, on our channels and then, you know, having other people try to share it as well. As long as, for me personally, as long as we're winning and taking care of business, then I feel you can roll with that and and move forward with it because people will enjoy it. Yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, you know, something like that. If I'm, if I'm Dion's SID, uh, it makes it easy to sell the game because, I mean, he's winning games. He can coach, coach his butt off. Um, if I'm Alabama State's SID uh, and, you know, our coach makes the comments he made after the game, I'm standing behind him 100% because, you know, personally, I have no problem with Coach uh, Eddie Robinson Jr. Uh, defending his team. I mean, you you got a coach whose players heard a coach from another team say how it was a money game, how they were going to come in there. And that's the only reason they were scheduled for homecoming because they want to make a lot of money. Like, yeah, you know, if I'm, if I'm the head coach, you know, I want to defend my program. So as SID, I think we both, I think we take back seats to everything and just kind of let whatever play out until we have to get involved. But usually it's, I mean, if the coaches got something to say, if the coaches want to talk, if the coaches want to, make statements to the media. They have all free will to do so, and we're not going to stop them. This was definitely a historic moment. Um, I want to say, uh, you know, we had that situation not that long ago when uh, A&T came down and had to play us on a Sunday, and there was a fight um, with the team and with a few of our coaches, and fam, you ended up winning the game. And Washington said that they was the better team. And Coach Simmons was like, you know, take your L and basically gone on, you know. So, you know, we wait, had. Wait, Kobe, did, did, wait did, didn't, he say, didn't he say something along the lines of, oh, they wanted to wait until it wasn't raining because they throw the ball. 
And that's why they beat us, because they throw the ball. And if we had played in the rain, we would have lost. Isn't that, isn't that what it was, Kofi? Isn't that? Isn't he that, said something to that effect. Something to that effect. Yeah. Something excuses. to that effect. That's what I heard. Right. Excuses. All right. All right. <laughs> so, you know, we've had that situation with coaches and stuff before. Um, you know, and just the other week, we had Maynard to come down, and we didn't necessarily get a statement, but it was a very controversial handshake um with with uh with Simmons and uh and Maynard you know Maynard felt like we were trying to run the score up on him and um you know coach Simmons like man ain't nobody trying to hear all that you know he just really downplayed it um but but Maynard was ready to fight and you could you could see it in his face just coach Simmons with you know took the cooler um more professional role, but it was there for the taking if he had been by it. So there you go. Yeah, you mean that that uh that three extra minutes that uh kind of made her hung around on the field post game. That's 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 what you must be referring to. Absolutely. That's I mean, but of, we're not we're yeah. not we're not exempt. I mean at FAMU, I mean we had whole coach Richardson saying somebody was gonna be embarrassed. And then they came up in here and got embarrassed. And mm-hmm. you know, we should have had a t shirt then. Somebody gonna get Embarrassed. We should have had something there. I mean, but you know. And then, I, I, and I think another thing about that too. Um, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, that ain't swag. Whatever ain't swag. I'm pretty sure Saturday wasn't the first time any coach said something before a game, or there was trash talk between coaches, or you know, bad luck between coaches. Um, I think that's just a part of the game. Um, you know. So, if it, you know, that's a part of the game, but so is defending your team, right? Um, and in that particular situation from the Saturday, I don't think anybody is uh, not at fault. I think both coaches can learn something from that, and both coaches can take responsibility, uh, you know, for what happened on that day. And I know Coach Robinson has definitely issued an apology, but, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, guys, we got to get ready to wrap up this particular segment. Let me get a final word, Josh. Uh, let us know kind of what are the travel plans for FAMU as much as you can tell us uh, as the Rattlers are heading out to uh, to Grambling. What, what's this itinerary or how's that look? Yeah, so we, we fly out Friday afternoon, um, staying in the, uh, the Shreveport area. And um, after the game, on uh, Saturday, we'll fly back into town, get back to Tallahassee around between like 9 and 10 p.m. So it's a quick turnaround uh, for us. Um, so that's that's kind of our plans. Does Coach like the fact that it's a 1 p.m. – well, actually, yeah, 1 p.m. Central Time kickoff, a little earlier than normal, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so because, um, you know, kind of able to, to – Get, get in and, and kind of get out and get back home and such. Um, and then last week, I mean, it was, it was pretty much about the same time as far as, like, body, because, you know, 2 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Central. So so it's pretty much the same as it was last week as far as, you know, our bodies are used to. Okay, okay. And, and Curtis, uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to ask you to, to give any score predictions or any, anything like that, but, but what can we – what can <laughs> What can we what can we expect from Grambling when when Rattler Nation comes to the hole 
what are what can they expect <laughs> from the game day atmosphere? Uh, and what 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 can we expect during the contest? Um, like I said, uh, our Grambling fans are, are hungry. They're happy to have a home game. Uh, the players are happy to finally be in their own beds. Um, like I said, we haven't had a home game yet this season. It's October 15th. Um, and it's hard to win on the road, right? Um, but I think you're going to see a Grambling team that comes out super competitive. And, you know, I'll just say this on behalf of, of, of Grambling. I, I love this place. Um, like I said, it's like family. Um, last week, you know, losing overtime, you saw the team, I think, come a little bit closer. They feel like they're right on the edge of finally breaking through and getting that signature victory. And um, I know they want nothing more than to get a signature victory against a team like Florida and them. Um, and when you talk about game day atmosphere, like I said, it's going to be loud. I actually do PA here. So if y'all in the stadium, that's actually me. Um, so, you know, if I'm telling Grand Fam to get loud or, you know, we got to do this on third down. Don't get mad at me, fam. You, that is my job. Um, <laughs> you know, you got to rock with the people that pay me. Um, but, yeah, I think you're going to see a fun atmosphere. Um, I think you're going to see a really good football game. I think it's going to be a – I think it's, you know, and, and Route Nation may disagree with me, um, and that's okay. I think it's going to be a, a pretty close game. I think it's going to be a game where, you know, uh, you know, it's hard to win in the hole. And that's one thing we say around here a lot of times. Like, you see teams come in here, think they're yeah. going to win, and then, you know, it's it's just hard to win down there. It's hot in that hole, you know, in the stadium. It's built down into the ground. It's actually built into a lake, which was, you know, they told me it's actually built. They dug out a lake and put the stadium there. It's hot. It's going to be 90 degrees just about. Um, it's a tough place to get a victory. Um so I, you know, just expect a, a really tough environment to play football. I think Gremlin is Eddie Robinson Stadium is one of the best places to play football. Um, so you know, I, I think you guys gonna be very thoroughly entertained. And is it is it true that 1993 was the last time that we FAMU played at Gremlin? Is that correct? Do I have that date right? I be- or year? I believe it's it's 1991. We actually just talked about that today. It was 1991. The game is actually on YouTube. Um, I want to say it's an old Ken Riley show. Um, Okay. And, uh, yeah, I think it was 91. And I think Grambling won that one. And then I think 94 was when FAMU played in Miami. Right. And beat beat Eddie Robinson that year. Um, But, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a fun game for everybody to watch. Um, and everybody gets to watch it on HBCU Go. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. HBCU Go, uh, two Eastern in Tallahassee, one Central in the Grambling area if you're on Central time. Uh, we look forward to uh, anybody who's traveling to Grambling. Yeah, go ahead, Curtis. Wait, is it, are you guys tailgating this weekend? Because I need a plate. I haven't got no. a tailgate plate since I've been no. here at Grambling. I know FAMU no. will take care of me if they're tailgating. They not. No, t- I'll be there. Take care of you. <laughs> I know. I know. There's some. I know. There's some Graham fam that's watching on you uh, on YouTube or on Facebook. Y'all need to take care of Curtis, man. Y'all need Curtis. I've been working. And, you know, go take care of the man this year. I know he's no longer a newbie. You know, he's around there. He's the voice of the stadium. Voice, uh, voice of the whole. I guess is that what they call it now. The voice of the whole. Yeah. So uh, hey, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll call you know. it that. <laughs> All right, we'll call it that. Y'all take care of my man with a plate. I, you know, uh, Lashanda, y'all, y'all go ahead over there and take care of Curtis. All right, uh, Josh, we appreciate your time for joining us. 
Curtis, uh, thank you. Uh, safe travels, Josh, to the team and everybody traveling. Curtis, thanks for joining us. Uh, God bless y'all, man. We we want the G's to come back, just not this week. So, you know, hopefully everything works out over at Grambling, man. All right? All right. Y'all oh, take it easy. Real quick, real quick. Quick question for Curtis. Hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, someone asked if if Grampling has a distraction committee. Is that something we need to Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot I about the distraction there. committee. Forgot about <laughs> that. Y'all, hey, y'all had Thick 36. I'll see if we can find Thick 37, all right? <laughs> wow. And there it is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you – thank you, Josh, for reminding me of that. <laughs> yes. Hopefully Josh. they don't get too. Hopefully they don't get too close to the benches. We hope they don't get too close to the benches over there. All right, uh, hey, hey, we'll come back in just a second with our head women's basketball coach, Coach Shalom Pillow. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net. And on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. Joining us right now, our head women's basketball coach, Coach Shalom Pillow, taking some time out to join us. Coach, how are you doing this evening? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Well, doing well. And, good. and good yes, to see you all, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Good to have you back on again. Uh, it's basketball season. Uh, I know that still probably catches a lot of people off guard because, you know, a lot of football talk is going on. But, look, that's the beauty, I think, of October. You know, basketball season is starting up. 
you're, you're, you've already started, uh, I believe, is this the second week of practices? Third week. Or third? Huh? Yep, third week. This is uh, third practice week. Wow. 13, I think. Practice 13 tomorrow morning. Wow, nice. Okay, so two weeks into practice, what mm-hmm. what do we know about our team that uh, has has surprised you over these two weeks? Uh, maybe what are some things that uh, that you know we're, we're still working towards? Well, not so much a surprise. Just very proud and pleased that um, the newcomers have come in and adapted very well. Uh, practices are much more competitive. Energy is so much better. Um, not coaching effort nearly as much as I was last season. So that's exciting that these girls, they want to play. They say if a team loses in the scrimmage or if we're playing live, they're like, hey, coach, can we run that back? Do we have time? And that is not something that I had in the past. So very exciting there. Um, as far as our energy and competitiveness, that's great. But we still we still aren't completely gelled as a team yet. But it's a process. And it's early. We only have our first competition for another another month. Um, we open up November 7th. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about how we perform in conference. So we've got time to progress and continue the process. All right. Kelvin, go ahead. Coach, talk about – I'm interested to know how do you feel about your depth. You mentioned uh, your, your your newcomers, and you still have a – core that that's returning um how, how how much depth how how far deep in your bench you think you'll be able to go this year and um also talk about your scheduling non-commerce i noticed that we got three home games and then we got of course the money games um but just mm-hmm. talk about your your strategy with uh putting together your, your non-commerce schedule also okay well as far as depth praise god uh <laughs> let's hope that everybody stays healthy and that Amen. COVID yeah. does not rear its ugly head and affect right. the, our depth. Because right now we've got 13 healthy players all participating in, participating in practice and competing. So right now we're looking good. But it's a long season. And by design, I have cut down practices because they go so much harder in practice. Um, so there's no need to drag out practice. Um, design a couple extra days off here and there so we have great recovery is really I'm really focused on keeping them healthy um, throughout the season because that really hurt us last year plus COVID. Um, as far as the non-conference, uh, we start out with a couple Florida schools. We play uh, University of Florida on the seventh to open up the season, and then we're at South Florida on the eleventh. Um, we have the opportunity to go out to California for the SWAC Pac-12 Alliance game. So we'll go out there around Christmas time. And before California, we're at uh, Mississippi State, so an SEC opponent. And um, we have a trip to Michigan where we play Michigan State and, and Eastern Michigan. So those are pretty much our money games. Uh, we have a couple home and homes. We have Georgia State at home. Um, we go to Jacksonville, I believe, um, Tuskegee at home. So um, we got a more, somewhat more even uh, schedule yeah. than we did last year. Yes. You know, some games that we should really be able to compete in and, and win, and then also, you know, the money's important. So we have to play those games as well. It's a great experience for our team. Go, go ahead. 
of a coach. So I know we talked uh, a whole lot about the um, the the probability of us being able to play in Gaither this year. Uh, do you see that as something that is on the horizon, or are we still another year away from that? I think we're still another year away from that. I think uh, it hasn't been much of a discussion. You know, um, it's kind of without having our, our permanent AD in place and not having Gaither completely ready as far as proper shot clocks and um, things along those lines. It doesn't look like it's going to happen unless it's later in the season or maybe a conference game, but it hasn't really been discussed at this point. Still something yeah, I, we really um, love to do. Right. I, uh, I understand that, you know, there was a lot of turbulence, obviously, last year with the change in leadership and um, stuff that you all had to endure. Um, how happy or have you had an opportunity to talk to the new AD and talk about maybe your 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 hopes and uh, aspirations for what is to come down the line? I have not had an opportunity yet. Um, I talked to her during her interviewing process. Um, okay. But since her today, I have not had the opportunity to speak with her. I just know how it was just a few years ago when I was hired. It is a whirlwind. People that you haven't talked to, aunties and cousins come out from the woodworks, and your phone is just popping. So I understand that transition. Um, she doesn't really arrive on campus till January, so I'm sure that we'll have time to, to be, communicate before she arrives and is in full time. Um, I just really hope that she gets all the support and that she needs. I'm so excited to be working under another black female. There's not many black females that hold an athletic director's position, especially at division one level. So that's amazing to be part of that, um, history. I know we've had one in the past, but like, it's been a while. So, um, just to have that and a great example, I, I coach women's basketball, I coach a women's sport. So to have another person that they can look up to and aspire to be and have a woman in leadership representation is everything. So I think it's a, a awesome, awesome thing. Cool. Thank you. Hey, hey coach, the, um, you, you mentioned what I, what I, what I love to hear. You said some things which really stood out about not having to coach effort, the competitiveness, um, those are always interesting when I hear coaches say that because I think a lot of people just assume that's just inherent in every player, you know, whatever. Maybe it's not. But right. is that a product of when I looked at our roster, half the roster is made up of young ladies who have played at other universities, other Power Five, you know, at Power Five universities or other Division One universities. Is that the main product of that? Is is that one of the biggest things you and you when you went out to go rebuild the roster? Was that something that you targeted and wanted to try to find? Absolutely. We our whole goal was to go strictly portal and get young ladies who maybe didn't get a fair opportunity at the Division One level or Power Five level and had a little bit of chip on their shoulder and were hungry and wanted to play and wanted to compete. And for, first and foremost, we had to make sure we had good people. Um, I'm not a believer of bringing in a knucklehead that can give me 30 points and win a whole bunch of games and they don't get with their teammates. So I'm going to chase them around campus and make sure they're in class and all that type of stuff. So we started out to make sure we had good people. And I we definitely nailed that uh, by having some really good young ladies 
with great aspirations for life after FAMU. Um, but then, as I said, they just know what it looks like. I mean, they've been part of big time programs that they had to work for their spot every time they step on the court and they don't take it for granted that they're just going to play because they may have a little bit more experience than some of the players that are already on the roster. So it's risen the level of our returners as well for them to have to go head to head and they're meshing together. I just love, I love when they go at it and they want to want to go back and forth about a call and run it back. I mean, just the energy and the atmosphere is, is what I was hoping to build here at, at Florida A&M. Nice, nice. Um, I, I got one other question, Kelvin. I hope I'm not stealing what yours might be here, but I got to ask about the the Canada connection because I know it's mm-hmm. something that you you happen to mention uh, in uh, the in the uh, SWAT media day. Uh, but obviously, we have uh, three young lady. I think it's three from Canada. You're right. Um, a, a, as much as you can tell, or whatever you're willing to tell, what what's the relationship, and how does their international experience help? Yeah, those three are really tight. They've known each other um, from competing each other ever since high school. So they kind of all, Mide was the first one to commit and um, come along. And I think they all kind of recruited each other to come here. And and it worked out great. And as I said, again, for instance, like Dylan Horton, it gives her someone else um, with more like-minded, which has pulled several of our younger players along and everything. So they've been a great addition. Um, along with Yvette, she is from Spain originally and played at Ball State. And then we have Skylar. Um, she's a post presence for us um, out of Charleston Southern. So uh, she's a, a good addition. And then Perry Ellis, or Perry, <laughs> Perry Ellis. I don't even know why I said that. That is not that child's name. But Perry. <laughs> Uh, we'll ride with Perry Ellis. Well, that's going to be her. Hey, hey, Coach, you sound hey, hey, like she's ready that's to go shopping. Shopping. <laughs> I mean, Perry Ellis, give her a brand right there. Perry, there we go. NIL. NIL deal. NIL deal. But <laughs> her new name might be Perry Ellis now. But at any rate, uh, she came at the semester last year and wasn't able to participate because of uh, NCAA eligibility rules. So um, she's in the in the in the flow of things now and, and part of the team and getting reps. So yeah, we're right down the middle pretty much having half of returners and, and um, newcomers and they're meshing together. Great. Nice. Nice. Go ahead, Kelvin. So I got a two part question coach and one, one of them is a familiar thing. Uh, but uh, how, how's your staff that were you able to maintain continuity there um, I, I know, you know, that that's important as you build your team, your program, to, you know, have some consistency there. And so talk about your staff and then also style of play. I know you, you didn't have all the depth. You didn't have the size. You didn't have the speed, the pieces to play, the kind of ball you, 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 you ultimately want to get to. How close are you mm-hmm. with this team to that? So the first part, yes, we have our staff returning. Um Coach Kobe Davis has been doing a great job in the recruiting realm. Um, she's been hitting the road, um, getting involved with the JUCO. Uh, there's a lot of jamborees and things along those lines going on right now. Um, so she's been out on the road, hitting it hard there. Um, also a great addition as far as her um, basketball skills and um, skill development, things along those lines. And then also Matt Wheeler has been doing a great job. I mean, 
he holds it down as far as making sure we got logistics together, paperwork, all that kind of thing. But he also has a basketball background as well and is able to add a lot on the court. So, yes, have have those two both, both back, which is, like you said, very important to building a culture and having the same familiar people who know what you want around. Um, style of play, we're getting closer. I mean, just having the competitiveness and the want to – and everybody kind of on the same page helps a lot. So um, we're not all the way there yet, but I'm not I'm not opposed to thinking that that might happen by the time we get to conference or midway through conference. I mean, we've got a lot of basketball to play. Basketball is a long season. So um, we are pushing tempo a lot better. Our defense is getting better. We're getting the passing lanes. Um, still working on that press. Um and you know what? The crazy thing is, I think they're better when I just tell them to go press. Because instead of trying to teach the rotations and stuff, just the way they, they play so hard, um, we're still working on getting our communication a little better on defensive end. I mean, but they're intense on it. So I'm looking forward to continuing the process and just building as the season goes on. Awesome. How about Coach? So, you know, um, I want to say since we've been in the SWAC, there's been uh, one team that has gotten on Rattler Nation's last nerve, and that, of course, is Jackson State. So <laughs> talk about talk about uh, playing Jackson State and what makes them so tough and um, how we how we look to basically take these guys down. Well, I'm sick of them. Man, you're not the only one. I just – so Jackson State – um, Tamika is a great coach, um, does a great job recruiting, has a great staff. Um, absolute respect what they've been able to do um, at HBCU, which means it could be done at FAMU as well. Um, it really only takes one. Uh, just like the Canadian connection for us, just took us to get one Canadian and then we had three. Just like she has um, uh, Mississippi State um, transfer or Ole Miss or Power. I know it's right. SEC. She's got a transfer. Mm-hmm. It only took one. Now she's got one from California, and she and they're big players, and they're coming. So we're still building that culture. We just gotta continue to build the culture and win some games and and get rid of the old um, thoughts about family women's basketball and like really get Amen. rolling. And I think we'll have the opportunity to do the same thing that they're doing at Jackson. Hubba. Hey, uh, all right, so just to let people know, as I look at the schedule here, to let people know, uh, the first home game, which I'm assuming is an exhibition game, is that the November 2nd game against uh, University of West Florida? Yes, that's our first exhibition. It's a dress rehearsal for us. Good, okay. That's November 2nd on a Wednesday, uh, you know, and then – we uh we start the season the following Monday at Gainesville against University of Florida, uh, and then you mentioned those home games. So we've got actual home games this year, Coach. And I, I I'm gonna tell you I was I was one of those people that was very loud about how wrong it was that we made you start your career with all all road games. But you know it is what it is. So now we got home right. games. So we you know we mm-hmm. we get some get people out to come see the ladies. And uh, that's on uh, November 15th against Georgia State and uh, Sam Houston on December 3rd. 
and Tuskegee on December 12th. That is a very good team. So that'll be a good atmosphere, hopefully, for people to come out. Yeah, that's a, that's a good start, Coach. Good start. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Any other upcoming, uh, like, meet the team kind of events or anything upcoming that you want to plug and tell us about? Well, nothing's been really confirmed yet. There's a, There's been some talk going around that Wednesday is going to be our kickoff for men and women's basketball a week well, when this Wednesday coming, Next actually, Wednesday. I think that's the 19th, okay. I believe, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Wednesday. that's not been confirmed yet. So, Josh, I'm sorry if I spoke out of turn, but um, <laughs> that's been the talk as well. So be on the lookout for that. That's coming soon. Um, also, what we're hoping for that Georgia State game is to make it a school day game. And again, this is still in the oh, works, yeah. so it may or may not happen. But just opportunity to invite Leon County, uh, middle school and elementary school awesome. players out and have like an 11 a.m. Awesome game and kind of make it a field trip. But again, we're in the yes. infant stages of um, yeah. making that happen. There's a lot of moving pieces. So it's something we're going to hopefully that that will work out. That's always a great atmosphere and gives um, yeah. some of the local students, elementary students, the opportunity just to be on our campus. And that's advertisements yeah. for FAMU in itself, just to be in that atmosphere. So hopefully we can make that happen. And um get some people some exposure to FAMU and women's basketball. Love that idea. Go ahead, Kofi. So last last question for me, since you, you had an opportunity to um, meet A.B. Sykes in the interview process or talk with her during the interview process, can you tell us what you liked about her um, in that interview process and give us something to look forward to as she arrives in January? I like that this is where she wants to be. I like that she is not looking at FAMU as a stepping stone in her career. She's looking to come and be here and make a change. And I think that, like we talked about consistency with the coaching staff, it's the same with the the administration as well. So um, I think she's going to do a great job. I think she's going to um, – she's got some really great ideas that she brought to the interviewing process um, that, again, I hope that she just gets the support and everything that she needs to do a great job because – I mean, she's very qualified for the job, um, has an outstanding resume, has, has an amazing personality, and, and really has the student-athlete's um, heart and, and their well-being in mind. So, And also the coaches as well, of course. But we don't have an athletics program without the athletes. So it's very important that we take care of them and that they are prepared for life after FAMU. So I'm excited about it. As I mentioned before, I mean – I'm all about women power. <laughs> Any, anytime, let's you know, go. Uh, in a in a in a position like that, I mean, I'm all for it. Thank you. All right. Hey, and uh, and coach, uh, I, I know you you got a great staff, but uh, you, you tell that guy Matt Wheeler. Uh, I've been I've known him since he came to Orlando from Portland. So I mean, that is a good dude and a hard worker. I mean, if anybody. Amen. I, I know your team is going to get better skill-wise because he's on the staff, and I know what kind of work he puts in. So I, I already yeah. know. So when people start getting – look, I know Will, Wills is there. So, I mean, you're going to be good, Coach. I, I know it already. <laughs> I know it already. You tell him you tell him Fulford said hello, all right? And uh, tomorrow I, I practice, and I, I, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. All right, uh, Coach Shalom Pillow, we always love talking to you, Coach. Thanks for your time. Yes. And uh, we're excited about the season, and uh, we will be there. And uh, we got to we gotta find a way, guys, to come do a show 
uh, one of those double header nights, you know, and that way we can do a show and have coaches, both coaches there and, and all the, you know, all of it. So we, we working on it, coach. We working on it. Yeah. That'd be amazing. And thank y'all so much for having me back on. I enjoy coming on here for sure. Let's go. We appreciate it, coach. We appreciate you. Yeah, guys, be safe, be well, and uh, keep working hard in those practices, all right? Thank you. Let's go. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone, coming back in two. You see, Head & Shoulders has Scout Shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders Scout Shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Malvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvet Online Women's Boutique. advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic we can help find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org bounty versus the old family dish towel drying with a fresh sheet of bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue so ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin, Kofi here. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you guys, I'm I was I'm I'm uh, really excited uh, to see my good friend Matt Wheeler there as an assistant coach uh, with Coach Pillow. That that is awesome. Uh, okay, let's start. We got a lot to do and a little bit of time to do it in. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there chatting in the chat rooms. Uh, 
on YouTube and Facebook. I know uh, we appreciate Dr. Lori in there on the moderator, moderating, uh, Dr. Strachan in there as well. Hopefully you guys have been, uh, have been acting, uh, okay. Uh, hadn't been too crazy. Um, so shout out to everybody there. Uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Looks like everybody's been kind of doing that. We appreciate it. All right. So the Twitter poll that we put out earlier is what should be the first priority for our new AD Tiffany Dawn Sykes cleanup compliance department, hire a solid admin team, fundraising facility improvements. I'll, I'll go to you guys first and ask you, and then, uh, and then I'll let you know what the results are. Kofi, what should be the first priority? Um, obviously compliance. Um, it, it brought such a stain and embarrassment to the university, but you can't do that until you build your team. Um, so I would say team first and then compliance and then facilities. Uh, Kelvin? Definitely building your team first. Uh, because she started in January 4th, that may buy her some time in terms of uh, both uh, by the time she starts bringing in whatever talent she feels she needs as well as, as, well as also uh, getting familiar with the, the, the staff and the talent that's there. I know there's a lot of interims and a lot of uh, vacant positions. I know that they're moving forward with uh, like the track, direct of track interviews this week. And um, that one to me is a no brainer. Uh, um, and hopefully they'll, they'll do the right thing. But, but, but I know there's still positions being filled within the department and, and, and she needs to make sure that she's a part of all that process or at least familiar with that process as it moves forward. But definitely getting, getting her team together is the most important thing. Yeah, uh, 44% of the votes seem to agree hire a solid admin team first. Uh, 38% says clean up the compliance department. Only 12% fundraising and 5% facility improvements um, kind of coming in third and fourth. Uh, it's, it's interesting but, because, but, but. What? I mean, the reality is, you, you, you know, in terms of priority, you, you, can't do, you can't do anything with facilities and you can't do anything with compliance until you have a team. And the success or her success is going to be directly connected with who's around her and who's going to help her to lift this thing called FAMU Athletics. Yeah, um, and, and I think she she's going to need – she's going to have to be able to ask for a lot of things. Um, and I think that's what's going to be interesting, to see what she's able to ask for and what she gets. Uh, because, you know, while compliance may be a manpower issue – um, I, I, I still, here's, think, I, I still think you need the right people, you know, it's here's, not as here's easy. The thing with, here's the thing with me, with this administration, you can't ask. They don't have, you know, they definitely, the one thing that they can do is increase the budget, right? Increase the budget. Y'all take care of that. Give us what we need in terms of, um, resources academic with academic compliance with um with additional coaches with additional trainers 
all the things that a top-notch athletic program should have. But when it comes to these resources, um, you know, the P3 is a big part of this. And so I want to see that thing revived. And all I want from the Board of Trustees and Dr. Robinson is yes. You know, yeah, we got we got to do this. We see the need to do this. You know, just looking around and find a way to get it done. That's the end. Just get it done. Hey, Mel, do we have the the uh, graphic of our previous athletic directors? Because this this when 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 AD uh, VP Sykes goes in, this is all she needs to show the board of trustees and whomever else. That's the list. And there's some since the turn of the century, there have been almost that list is twenty. How many is that list? Do the quick count there. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Nineteen. Yeah. Night sixteen. That's sixteen, I think. Sixteen including including AD Smith. But 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 look, let's not just go ten years. I, I saw uh, the, the blog post, uh, Rattler blog, say ten. No, no, no. Let's go to the decade. No, this. I'm not the decade. The century. Since the turn of the century, that's the turnaround. She need. We need to be able to give her the resources. Nobody has had a run longer than three years. This needs to be at minimum a five year process. She needs the money. She needs the resources. So. If if you and and I hate to say this, I don't know, guys. If 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 you're not going to extend Larry Robinson's contract, then let's go move move on. But if you're going to extend his contract, then you got to extend the budget and give Ad Sykes what she needs, and give him a grade on athletics. Well, yes. Well, he, that that he needs to be great. That should be on how well. He supported athletics and what they need. Yeah, we we know that that grade is uh, is is probably a D. You might give it an F, a uh, one, a zero. Yeah, yeah, that that's where it's at. So uh, that that's important. So I I you know one of the things that we're gonna get into we'll, we'll talk more next week's show uh, about. Uh, the higher uh, AD uh, Sykes. We'll, we'll talk more about the process because I know the process has got a lot of people up in arms. And so, but um, you know, we're, we're going to kind of let that settle a little bit and, and then get into it as more as we can get more information. Let's go through sort of a bit of the uh, swack roundup or excuse me, the, the rattler roundup as we like to call it around here. Uh, got to give a mention to uh, Amelia Sturt. Uh, on our bowling team. She was the SWAC Bowler of the Week after a stellar performance in the Rattler Classic. Uh, She finished second individually uh, to open the season. She knocked down an average score of 211.6 in terms of the total pins. Uh, Now, the team finished fifth overall, which is kind of about halfway through, but uh, overall, it was good enough uh, as uh, as she earned, uh, I think she was our, our highest performing bowler uh, of the of the weekend, so she earned Swack Bowler of the Week. I don't know. Have we have there been a lot of those Swack Bowler of the Weeks that we've won? Do you recall anybody? Nope. All right. No, uh, not recently. Early on, we used to win a couple of them, but we had two um, to finish in the top five: uh, Amelia Sturt and uh, Jordan Ship. 
she was also in the top five for the tournament with an average of 202.8. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, they traveled, the Rattler, uh, the bowlers traveled to, uh, I think this is pronounced Harahan, Louisiana, in Tulane's uh, Colonial Classic. That's this weekend. So uh, safe travels to our bowling team. Hopefully they can continue uh, striking, literally, uh, with with their performance. Also earning SWAT Player uh, of the Week honors, Isaiah Major with his second uh, in the past three weeks, I believe, SWAT Defensive Player of the Week award, which he earned uh, from this past Saturday. Isaiah had 13 tackles, five of them were solo, two and a half tackles for loss, a sack, and a pass break up this past weekend. So uh, Isaiah has really moved in. I think statistically he's moving himself into what, maybe the, that top five category uh, in the conference. I, I think he's a real player for defensive player of the uh, year. No, no, he, he got to be top right now. He He's definitely top five. He's probably top three right now. Okay. Leading conference in tackles, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, yeah, you okay? You you. I'll take your word on it. You might be right. Honestly, I haven't checked the stats, so uh, you're probably right on that. Um, we unfortunately didn't win any. Now I don't know how. I don't know why, but uh, I didn't look at the stats too deep. But we did not win any SWAT Player of the Weeks in volleyball, which kind of surprises me, given the fact that we swept three teams over the weekend. Um. Uh, we're, the last victory was a 3-0 victory over Prairie View. Uh, it was our 18th consecutive victory against a SWAC opponent. I believe we started the weekend with a win over Grambling, which is their only loss, right? I think our, in, in terms of the standings, we're 6-0. I believe Grambling Volleyball is like 6-1, something to that effect. Um, right. So... Yeah, that that's uh that's volleyball. And then of course the uh we travel to Mississippi. Mississippi. Mississippi on Friday to take on Jackson State uh and Mississippi Valley State on Saturday. And so this is the this is the match. This is uh look, we went five uh five games, five sets against Jackson State in the SWAC championship. Defeated them three to two. I may be wrong, but I think Jackson State is the last loss in the SWAC. I thought anybody, it was anybody have any, It was Alabama State. Okay. As far All as right. who? Regular well, season. In terms of regular season, volleyball, like the last. Obviously, we won eighteen no, in a row. I was no, trying to remember. I think we we we've gone five six with uh. If I remember correctly, we've gone five sets with uh, Alabama and Alabama State, but we always pull it out three two. Um, I thought they beat us last year. They, they I might thought we have split with them one time. Yeah, because we finished second, even though we beat Jackson State because we lost one to them and we beat them, and then um, we lost one to Alabama State. So you're correct. Okay, so Alabama State was the last one. So, but but I know the last time we went to Jackson State. We did lose that contest. Uh, that was our first swag game. 
Yeah, that was, that was our first. Cheated. Yes, that was our first swag game. Uh, and, and, they they cheated. So. and they cheated. And they're gonna okay. cheat this time uh, too. That's a, that's a that's a Friday Friday night. Jackson State so far is six and twelve, but five and one in conference. So they're sitting right there on the verge. Uh, you know, trying to trying to catch us. That's a seven p.m. Eastern, six Central. Apparently, it will be watched uh, live on the Jackson Sports Network. Uh, so I think you got to go to uh, their webpage, Jackson State webpage, to catch that. To catch that Saturday against Valley. Valley is one and fourteen overall, zero and six in the SWAC. That's a one p.m. Eastern. Starts to pretty much uh, an hour before the uh, football game uh, on HBCU Go. Uh, that'll be on Valley Sports Network, which I believe is YouTube. You can catch that on YouTube, and that, that should be free. So, uh, good opportunity on Saturday to watch our volleyball team, and then uh, catch up with catch up with football. Um, I'm trying to look at just quickly some other stats here. Uh, nothing here. Well, I, nothing here that I, I want to go through. Any, anything else related to volleyball, guys? Before we move back over to football, nope. We can, we can start okay. swag roundup. All right, here we go. Swag roundup time. Quick recap. Now how, now, how great is this? Last weekend in the swag, right? You had seven, seven games. Uh, five of them were actually swag v swag. Of course, our contest against South Carolina State, and then I believe the other one was Bethune playing. Uh, uh, Tennessee State, uh, which they lost 41 to 17. But obviously, you had the two big games Jackson State, Alabama State, Southern Prairie View. Each of them had controversy, controversies at different points of the game, not necessarily during the game. Southern Prairie View, Dooley, Coach Dooley from Southern returning to Prairie View, they get into a little scuffle before the game. And, of course, it's well-documented, the post-game stuff with Jackson State and uh, Alabama State. Do uh, do you guys think there'll be any – or what What would you – if you're the commissioner of the SWAT, what kind of repercussions are you – or suspensions are you dropping on Southern and Prairie View for that little dust-up before the game? I mean, it was uh... – a. It was some. It was some fists that were thrown and some connections. So, oh yes. Uh, oh yes. It's a lack of sports. It's a lack of sportsmanship. So uh, I can watch the videotape and, and, and figure out some, but uh, ultimately, some somebody some players need to sit for a game. And that's Kofi. what I'm anticipating would happen. Oh. At I don't I don't know if it be this game or not, but it should be. I was going to say that, that's interesting. Should it be? Should it be this game or the next SWAC game? They should have. They should have had immediate reaction right now to do that at this late juncture is not fair, um, right and just. Um, but obviously, um, you know, here's here's what I think, right? Because Southern's football team was out there. And Dooley was not out there. There was no coaches from the Southern coaching staff that was out there. And from what I understand, they were trouncing on the logo. 
which of course is a no-no. Um, you know, and I get trying to find your motivation, trying to find X, Y, Z, uh, coming into another man's house and want to do that. I remember when Morgan uh, acted like they were uh, urinating on the on the rattler, and they spat on the rattler and they stomped on it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know our players heard about it, uh, but they took it out on the field. <laughs> you know, um, my my question, you know, even if I'm a I'm a head administrator, I would I would get after Dooley, you know, for allowing his players to be out there unsupervised. They're still college students. You know, and from a liability standpoint with the university, you know, that was just a lack of lack of uh, lack of foresight on his behalf, lack of administration on his behalf. And I would go after him personally, you know, but I'm not the commissioner. So, you know, it is what it is. I'll tell you, the, the way I the way I've seen the comments from from Coach Dooley and A.D. Roman Banks, they have both sort of sidestepped responsibility in my opinion uh which i think that in itself from the commissioner's standpoint i I feel like the commissioner definitely should come down hard for that uh duly wanted to make not that they owe anybody any comments i'm I'm just but to publicly not say anything and they play jackson state next week right uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, this week you got. Oh, actually, Southern is hosting Alcorn State this week. Southern has Alcorn, but next week Jackson State and Southern play, right? No, Jackson State has the Campbell matchup next week. Oh, okay. And then the following week they play yeah. Southern. I think it's the following week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the question. That's why I said if you're going to suspend people, and now Prairie View, of course. I think they they don't play a, a conference game this upcoming, or they're on a bye this week, and then I think next week it's an out of conference game. So, um, you know, they they've kind of, I I just really think you know you you got to do it on a conference. This was a conference contest. Somebody's got suspend get suspended for a conference. That that's me, you know. Um, Texas Southern beat UAPB. Alabama A and M beat Grambling thirty seven thirty one in double overtime. I think that's now what three straight wins for A and M or two straight? Feels like three. Uh, so they've kind of they've kind of figured some things out a little bit. Uh, of course, we we understand we got Grambling, and then uh, Alcorn State got a thirty to seven victory over Valley. All right, so this week, what's in store for everybody this week? Valley's traveling to Alabama State. That's a 2 p.m. Bama Central kickoff. Um, I don't have any lines just yet. Um, you don't need one. That now? I, guess, I, I guess we are. Bama State, huh? What about you, Kelvin? Any, any, didn't didn't any Valley, thought to didn't give Valley it? upset them last year? They did beat them last year. Yes, that was at Valley. They did? Yeah. They did? Yes, that's yes. Yes, I, but, I but, heard uh, the coach talk. Yeah, but that's why that's why they're not going to do it this year, <laughs> right? <laughs> you won't catch them sleeping this it, year. Is, it, is that that Bama State? They still mad because of J JSU game. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, Alabama State big. Uh, Jackson State travels all the way out to Jacksonville to take on Bethune Cookman, four p.m. Eastern, three Central. That's on ESPN Plus. 
Um, you know, I, I will give Coach Prime a little bit of credit. He he did say some some nice things about hoping that the support is there for Bethune Cookman. Although I think he could do more, uh, but uh, I, I used to feel optimistic about Bethune's chances. Ain't nobody gonna be in that game. But I, but I don't. I, I nope. Stop it. Stop it. Look, yeah, I know, and here's yeah, the thing. EA is going to remind me about the chicken wing if I go take a look at the uh, the chat room bet. I don't know what it is. I think it's 20,000 20, is what we is what we said. I think it'll be over 20. I'm hoping it'll be over 30, personally, but I, I, I hope it is. About it. But, you know, I saw the first banner here in Jacksonville um, this week. Uh the thing, the thing about these games is you have to have somebody on the ground that's making this game everything. It's it's a whole team. We've talked about this before, even with the OBC and other things. If the city is not engaged, the game is not going to be successful. And Jacksonville is a is a, it has enough African Americans to support this game on its own. Um, yep. But the question is, are those African-Americans engaged? Are they talking about it? You know, are you marketing through the high schools? Are you marketing through uh, even Edward Waters? Are you connecting with the local colleges? Are you connected with the local organizations to the point that everybody is is all in on this game? And um, it's an opportunity there for Duval, so... I hope uh, Thanks, everybody shows know, up. It, it, the people, hey, like you say, like you say, ain't nobody gonna be there. And what what hurts this game is my understanding. Neither bands are are going to be there. What? Yeah. Well, we. I, I remember. I heard. I knew. I knew. I knew the Sonic Boom wasn't going to be there. They said that back in August. But you gotta. You gotta think where if if the foot the school has been closed. Yeah. Right, you know, it's not like where you're going to put the band. The band's not going to travel like the football team because you don't technically right. need the band to play the game. The band is an right. accessory, so to speak. So I, those kids are probably home or wherever. You know, um, it's disappointing. Right. Uh, yeah. I know the city. Oh, EA said rain versus reball at three p.m. I don't know what that means. What does that mean, Kobe? Do they do they play their game? Oh, that's a big that's a big to do. Are they no, playing they, Saturday they, afternoon? No, I think that's the local team, and I I'm assuming I don't know. Maybe no rain's a reball. If that's at three o'clock on that Saturday, that's a lot. They colors and colors similar. What I don't know. What what are you what are you trying to say? What is EA trying oh. to say? Is EA tr- <laughs> oh my god! Gotcha. EA, I, now I know why EA said he set me up. This is a setup. You set me up. You knew this range rebound thing was happening. EA, look, I'm gonna give you your chicken wings, but I, I feel really set up by this deal. Um, you knew range and rebound was playing. If that's actually what's going on, but that's anyway, a soul ball. I believe. Yeah, I know. I know. That's ridiculous. Um, all right, moving forward, all corn Southern big matchup in the West. Uh, I believe all corn is in first place now. Southern is rolling. 
Woo! How do you? How do you? Ooh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go like? Southern at home. They pulled it out last year. Um, Alcorn obviously has the credibility, obviously, to win this game. Uh, they won at McNeese, so winning at Southern um, won't prove. But the way that Southern is playing right now, um, I was watching the game with Prairie View. Um, their guys are getting in a ton of space. Like, nobody's around them for yards and yards. These guys are just running open down the field. And I, th- I thought it was an aberration against UAPB, right? So I was like, wow, you know. Well, that's just UAPB. But I saw the guys wide open again against Prairie View on the road, and I was like, they're doing something schematically that's putting these guys in open space. And, you know, now Alcorn's defense is different, and uh, they can't run the ball. And uh, so it's going to be a definitely a competitive game. But playing in Mumford with those referees, I'm going to give it to Southern. 35 yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Southern, too. Um, like, hopefully, I re-watched that uh, Purview game. And the thing about Southern offensively right now is that they're very balanced. They can beat you multiple ways. They got two backs that are the true, that run hard and, 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 and can, you know, break away in space. Then they got receivers, man. And, and it, to my surprise, the quarterback, Look like he's found a comf- comfortability in the in the uh, offense, and he's he's hitting those receivers, man. He's hitting them. So well, yeah, so they, and he they can like run. Like, you know, I was they, I was waiting like on somebody to give some credit to the to the quarterback. I mean, all he's done is, I mean, what he runs and throws. He's had nine. He's accounted for nine touchdowns over the past two weeks. Yeah, probably averaging close to 400-something yards of total offense, passing and running. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Caps weren't Caps were talking too much about him uh, not too long ago. Uh, actually talking about replacing him. Uh, so you're going with Southern, too? Yes. Yeah. Ten. Um, Southern looking by at the, 10. Wow, Southern by 10. Uh, Massey ratings has Southern as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Ooh, this is tough, man. Last year, who won this game? Southern won this game, or Alcorn State won this last year? Southern won the game. Were... On the but road. Alcorn, Alcorn, Alcorn missed multiple opportunities inside the red zone. Ooh. I'm, that ain't happening. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Good. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna go Alcorn. I think some suspensions are gonna come down late in the week. I mean, it's Wednesday. I look. I I, I think I think the commissioner has every right to drop the suspensions as long as he does it by Friday at noon. Anything after noon is wrong. But if he does them tomorrow or or, or late tomorrow afternoon or evening, I got a feeling there's gonna be a few Southern players suspended. I think that might affect. There might be a few starters mixed in that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take a chance. I'm gonna go Alcorn State by virtue by maybe a field goal. I'm gonna go Alcorn State by a field goal. Um, Alabama A&M and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now this is interesting. This game was supposed to be in St. Louis, Missouri, 
But as uh, our Mo Carter, who we talked to a couple of weeks ago, I saw him report this earlier this evening. The game is no longer in St. Louis. It'll be played in Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, because of some some ticketing issues with the with the uh, in the St. Louis with the with the Dome Stadium or the or the uh, the uh, promoters. Uh, really tragic. If you if you go back and 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 if you're connected to Mo, uh, really tragic what uh, what's going on there. And there, I don't know if, if that's also in fact, because, you know, they got the playoffs going on, the baseball playoffs happening in St. Louis. So it could be one of those situations where they, I'm speculating, they didn't want anything else happening. What, what are you saying in your head? What are you saying in your head? What, 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 that what, ain't what, why. what am I missing? No, that, that ain't why. That, that ain't why? That ain't why. with it? Okay. What what do you know that I don't know? Tell me. Come on, speak on it. I just know. What? I mean, we played the whole Atlanta Classic and the Braves was in the playoffs. It, it that ain't got nothing to do with it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh it's it's a it's a home game for UAPB against Alabama AM. Who do you guys got? AM. AM. Okay. Uh one other game. game out outside of the swag that I think is pretty interesting. Uh, that we'll add to the sheet. Uh, Morgan State at North Carolina Central. Now, this is a game that is going to be played tomorrow, Thursday night football. North Carolina Central's been on a bye uh, after getting beat up by Campbell. But it's going to be close. Morgan, you don't let me get the setup. Anyway, uh, you got who? You got Morgan or Central? Central. Central. All right, who do you got? Morgan's going to Morgan's going to be quite competitive, but I'll be shocked if Central lost this game. Okay. I don't, what about you, Kel? I, I, I'm not, I'm not so I'm not sold on Central. I, I think they're 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 good. They're capable, but I don't know if they're as good as people thought. Got to remember they got uh, a win against VUL and and, and uh, D two alone. So. So they I don't beat know. A&T. Yeah, that's, that that was a while ago. Um, um, Morgan, I like Morgan, man. I, I I do. I'm going Morgan by by a touchdown with the upset. Morgan on short uh, short rest. I mean, they just played Saturday, lost a heartbreaker, and now they're gonna turn around and play Thursday while North Carolina Central has yeah, been yeah, on a yeah, on they, a on I mean, a, they, on a, they, on a bye. Yeah, they they let uh they it was homecoming. And they let uh uh Norfolk, Norfolk. State score with a with, with a minute and three seconds left. So yeah. that was that you know that was unfortunate, but I'm go I'm gonna go with Morgan. All right, uh, game coming up here, FAMU, uh, Grambling. Uh, I want to look here very quickly here. Uh, let me see. Just as I'm just Sam, trying to get you. ready for Grambling State. Uh, overall, you know, this is these teams have only played. Obviously, I'm, we're picking FAMU, Kofi. Um, Grambling, we've only played Grambling 16 times previously. You would you would think that two programs with such great history would have played more, but it's only been 16 times that uh, the two schools have played each other. Um, Grambling ten to six, uh, of course, twenty six to three. FAMU won last year. 
uh, thanks in large part to a great homecoming crowd. What's that? It should be 10-7. Okay. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm just reading out of the uh, press guide. Yeah, yeah. According according to the stats, I think this is a 17th meeting, so it'll be 10-7 this time. Yeah, well, I I said we've played 16 times, and it's 10-6. So, yes, this is the 17th meeting. So I, I guess we're both we're both saying the same thing in different ways. All right. How did the Rattlers win this game, Kelvin and Kofi? I guess that's the question I was trying to lead us into. Uh, so how does FAMU win this game? FAMU wins this game by playing unadulterated Rattler football. Play fast, play hard, play physical, and limit the mistakes. No mistakes, you know, especially interceptions. Um and that's basically it. We turn the ball over, we're going to be in trouble. Um, and they also have to ride, ride the wave of uh, Grambling's intensity opening up the game. Um, they're going to come out fired up. They're going to come out ready to play. Um, we, we can't be lethargic. We got to be ready to go from jump. Calvin? To me, the, 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 it's the same format as the South Carolina State game. We need um, the defense to be strong again, keep them under 300 yards of total offense, uh, turnovers, create two, three turnovers, and the offense not to turn the ball over. I, I done gave up uh, having a, a running game <laughs> for the rest of the season. I just gave up on that. But limit limit, limit turnovers, and uh, and, uh, and and we've got to execute. Because this is, this, this is a dangerous game, just like South Carolina State. If we don't bring our A game, we can lose. But with that being said, I, I think we'll we'll find a way. We'll we'll win by maybe ten. <laughs> um, so optimistic. I can hear it in your voice. Um, Grambling's given up thirty-five points a game in conference, uh, scoring just about twenty-one per game. FAMU scoring about 25 a game in conference, allowing 30 in conference. Of course, that's heavily skewed probably for both schools, given that they play Jackson State. I guess if if you wanted to really use a metric, take out the Jackson State game and then kind of see what both teams statistically look like. Um, Jackson State, I mean, uh, Grambling, they've been running three quarterbacks, uh, I think they started the third quarterback for the third consecutive week. Um, I, I, you know, look, this is going to come down to play calling and originality. Uh, I, I think after seeing and hearing, you know, that fourth quarter and seeing what we've seen, I think this is where Coach Simmons is going to have to have his best plan and call his best game uh or he he and the he and the offensive coaches are gonna have to put together every the best game plan. have to be his best game from here on out it's ridiculous from here you think from here on out it's gonna have to be that way i mean you might be right i mean i, I, I mean we're there's in a playoff level of mode. so we are literally in playoff mode right now we're in the I, playoffs if we have any postseason aspirations we gotta win for some reason to me this doesn't feel like a playoff run. And I, and maybe that's because I still have the taste 
uh, 59 to 3 or whatever that was. It, it not, it's not a one-point ball game. Even, we even are not if one point. That, that's done. That's over with, Brian. That, that's done. That's okay. in the rearview okay. mirror. But we, we, are, we are who we are. We are going to be better yes, than but, every team we play with exception. Yeah, we'll be better than every team we play. Uh, honestly, the only we've team gotta, that we've challenges this Southern. Um, so we gonna we should be nine and two. That will get us in, and then we we'll get we we'll get our teeth kicked in again, <laughs> unless this team improves. No, not, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm I want to be optimistic that nine and two will get us in. Now nine, nine and two, two will get, get us in. in. If, if we, I don't know about that. We we have to beat some people. Nine by, and two will get 20. us in. <laughs> I'll take that bet. I'll nine take two that gonna bet. get us in with a okay. with a with a, with a, with a D one loss. So. Yeah, it, it, I, it'll get it, man. And a 59 but to 3 The thing, is, that, the that, thing that, is, everybody know what happened at the beginning of the season. They're going to take that in consideration. Everybody know that we didn't have our full allotment of players and all the foolishness hope, with the compliance. You're right. I hope, yeah. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I, I Bruh, think we need but, to play a Yes. We got to play. Obviously, got to play a lot better. But you got Grambling. Oh, thank you. Re, UAPB is homecoming. Southern's coming into town. That's going to be huge. Bama State on the road is going to be a beast, and Cookman's going to give it all they got. So we got we got some tough games coming down the stretch. Are we better than these teams on paper? Yes, but we've got to we got to finish. Yeah, yeah. Sniper got him. Jackson State needs to keep winning. Southern needs to keep winning. (laughs) And um and uh Alabama State need to keep winning because we need good wins, uh you know teams with winning records, and when we beat them, so. All right, that's our. Uh, hopefully that'll happen. Um, I I hope that FAMU can win this contest by by more than uh, two touchdowns. I, I hope that's possible. I hope that's possible. That's all I can say. All right. Um, so we all we all will be tuned in. 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, HBCU Go. Um, that game will be in Grambling, at Grambling in the hole. So uh, if you're heading out that way to the game, safe travels to you. We wish you well. Um, again, next week's show, we'll definitely get into breaking down more of the process that uh, brought us our new athletic director as we do our own research and I'm sure you guys will, too, over the course of the next week. But um, that's it. That's it. We'll be rooting for volleyball on Friday night. So make sure to tune into that. Hopefully we can get a win out there. I'm just hopeful. Got a new AD in place. Dawn of a new day. I'm hopeful. There's a lot of hope in the air. Keep hope alive. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, for my For my producer, Mel, we thank you. Uh, for the guys, Kelvin and Kofi. Uh, Got to give a special thank you again to Curtis Ford and Joshua Padilla, who will be at Grambling, uh, bringing all of the social media and information uh, for those of us who won't be able to make it. And then uh, we thank Coach Pillow, Coach Shalom Pillow, and uh, really excited about what she's having the opportunity to build. And so, we we just pray for good health and hope that the uh, that this is the the start of something new. Uh, so that's going to do it for tonight's show. Kelvin Kofi, I'm Brian Fulford, Rattler Nation. Uh, make sure you send a tweet out to Coach 
uh, not coach, but AD Sykes. That's Tiffany Dawn Sykes. Uh, make sure you let her know. Welcome if you haven't already. And then tell her that she needs to come on the OG Strike Zone and, uh, and, and introduce yourself to Rattler Nation with us the right way. Uh, you guys stay strong, be safe. And when you're out there in those streets, make sure you strike, strike, and strike again. Good night, everybody. Peace out.